the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Hello folks, welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Check us out and get our podcasts at FiringLineRadio.com. If you subscribe to the podcast, you will be eligible to win a McMillan MC3 polymer stock. So check that out. Register for the podcast. It's free. What do you have a chance to win? A McMillan polymer MC3 stock. Good for Remington 700 short or long action tradition, hunting style, or legend tactical style. So we do have those to give away thanks to uh, Kelly McMillan, McMillan Stocks USA. Folks, this weekend, as hopefully you're there right now, over at Rahagi's today is Youth Day. So Pat Rahagi, Cindy Rahagi, Lane Rahagi, these guys have done, a, and Link, have done a ton of work preparing this place to be a absolute fantastic Disneyland in the proper way for your kids. So run on out there to Rahagi's in Corona, R-A-A-H-A-U-G-E-S dot com for directions. It's still going on. Lots to do out there. A lot of shooting, more shooting this year for the, for the kids than they've ever had. So it's a great thing. Canoes, fishing, archery, BB guns, 22 shotguns. It really is going to be a great sporting event for your kids. You want to make sure you head on out there. That's Rahagi's dot com, H-A-U-G-E-S dot com. Next week, I'll be over at the West End Gun Club. I'm going to do my first three-gun match. So if you like comedy, that would be a good one to watch. And then on uh, August 10th, August 10th, Bullseye Sports, our main sponsor, Vince Torres, the entire month of August is shooting month. So Vince has gone overboard. He's going to have special programs every weekend for the entire month of August. August 10th, I'm going to be doing a seminar there, two seminars, one in the morning on intro to long-range shooting and one on the afternoon for intro to big game hunting. So check out his website. There'll be flyers posted on Instagram and Facebook page about how to get involved in that. Pretty inexpensive intro classes. So if you're just looking at it, this is a great way to do it. And he even has some discounts. Um on purchases of his gear at the place. Anyway, so that's enough of our work here today. Let's get into the fun stuff. Folks, I have for you on this show a former King of Two Mile champion and the current King of Two Mile champion. And I believe the current King of Two Mile champion, Paul Phillips, is actually a world record holder for longest shot at this point in time. Paul, is that true? Well, we wouldn't call it a world record. I mean, it's not something that we have in an event where we go to and it's official, but I would say it's unofficial on the shot. Correct. Yeah, 3.4 miles. 6,012 yards. 
right? That's it. Yeah. Uh, why, 2012. Why not 6,000? Why not 615? Why 6,012? Is that just where the, the target got stuck? Uh, you know, that's that's where we found an anthill, and that was the best firing position. <laughs> that, that's all. It was just it was just kind of a fluke. We wanted to go at least 6,000, just kind of say we did 6,000. But we were just, actually, we were just testing uh, bullets and ballistic solutions and um, the new TACOM HQ Delta. We were just doing some testing. It wasn't really meant to be a record or anything. And we hit this small little 32-inch plate, which is pretty crazy. But, again, you know, we we are all, just like Mitch in Applied Ballistics. We're pushing the boundaries of science, and we're trying to learn from it and become better extreme long-range shooters. Now, the other gentleman you just referred to, he's been on the show several times here, is Mitch Fitzpatrick. Mitch, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing just fine. So, uh, Applied Ballistics, that's the company you work with. Brian Litt started that years ago, and you know, I started following Brian when I first started getting an idea that, geez, there's somebody who knows a lot about this stuff. I should probably learn from him. Um, and then you joined him a few years back. Can you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into long-range shooting? Uh, yeah, so I, I originally got into it doing uh, F-class shooting, um, at, you know, pretty similar background to Paul, actually. Uh, and I started doing that back in, what was it? Uh, I would have gotten serious in it in about 2013 now. And then uh, shortly after that, I started shooting a lot with Brian because um, being here in Michigan, he ended up on the same rifle team. And um, Brian started being my coach. And uh, uh, one thing led to another and, you know, started working with him. And so we've been, you know, working with each other and, uh, doing stuff with uh with ab ever since and you know back in 2016 is when we really jumped into the extreme long range game and uh you know that's when that was the year i won the king of two mile and uh that's that's really been our focus since 2016 so um f class some people don't understand what is f class shooting can you give me a little rundown on that yeah so f class is uh well, there's a mid-range and long-range, but um, typically a lot of your matches are going to be like a 1,000 yards. Um, and the way I like to describe it for most people is it's your typical, like, bullseye target. So you lay down on the ground. Um, we shot the uh, F-Class target rifle, which is an 18-pound rifle chambered in 308 or possibly 223 um, with a scope. And, you know, we're shooting off a bipod and a rear bag at a bullseye target at 1,000 yards. And, um, you, you know, we typically shoot between 10 and 20 shot strings. And the idea is to just read the wind and keep them in the center. And so the the only restriction is the size of the gun, 18 pounds? Yeah, it's actually the, the technical weight limit's in kilograms, so it's right around 18 pounds. Oh, my gosh, it's communist. I didn't realize that. Uh, it originated in Canada, so <laughs> okay, socialist. They're on their way. Um, yeah, all all metric is communist. I just, I'm sorry. I shoot a, a two sixty four by two eighty four just because. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Paul, how about you? How did you get into long range shooting, precision shooting? Well, I my uh, career started out in the military. I was in a scout sniper platoon uh, in the eighties, and uh, I got out in nineteen ninety two. And I was going to college, and uh, while I was going to college, a few friends of mine in, in Midland, uh, Ray Gross and John Droley, they were shooting competitive rifle back then, and I wanted to pursue that. So they kind of took me under their wing, and I started shooting Palma in the 90s. And so 
that was pretty challenging. Um, it was fun. And then F-Class came along, and that kind of more, it really resembled what I enjoyed the most of hunting game with a scoped rifle and reaching out farther. So I started in the early 2000s. Um, I formed a team called Team Sinclair, and we won, I think, you know, 10 or 11 national titles now. And we're the reigning national record holders for a four-man team. And then that's when I met Mitch and Brian on the U.S. rifle team. And then one day, Mitch showed me one of his cartridges that he designed, a 375 Lethal Magnum. And that was my introduction to ELR. So I, I fell in love with it right away. It's all because of Mitch. Right. Of course. Well, that and the long winters you guys have, you have nothing to do when it's 12 feet of snow outside in Michigan. So you can dream this stuff up and work on reloading precision. Right. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Palma matches. Can you tell people about what a Palma match is? The Palma match is um, similar to FTR. It's 308 only. And it's the longest competitive shooting discipline in the world. It started back in the. Oh, geez, 1800s and the Creedmoor Cubs back in Ireland, USA. Aren't there even restrictions on the size of the bullet in Palma? Yeah, it's a 155-grain bullet. And uh, they also have trigger restrictions. I think it's three or four pounds. It's been a while since I've played the game. You know, they, they might have changed the rules, but they're very strict. It used to be some championships, they issued the ammunition even. But they've been trying to... You know, and actually right now, this weekend, is the 150th Imperial Games in, in London. They're at the Palma. Guys are shooting over there. But it's very, very old, um, traditional, and it's a 308 with iron sights, metallic sights, and they shoot 800, 900, and 1,000 yards. And they generally do for the World Championships. It's 15 round strings, um, 15 at 900, or 15 at 800, 15 at 900, and 15 at 1,000. That gives you a 45-shot aggregate. So it's very, very competitive. Um, again, it's the oldest living or oldest uh, form of long-range shooting that existed. So it's very traditional. Okay. So most guys, when they go buy a, a iron-sided gun, we're looking at a blade in the back and a ramp in the front. And I'm going to tell you, if you tried to hit a Volkswagen at a thousand yards, the front bead of your your rifle is going to cover the entire target. So what does the front sight look like yeah. on these? Yeah, good question. So they have metallic sights, and it's circle inside of a circle inside of a circle. So you have a huge, I think it's 44-inch black dot that we're aiming at at 1,000 yards, and that's on a 6 by 6 target frame with the white backing. So there's a really big black dot that you're aiming at. And the front of your barrel, which is usually 30, 30 to 32 inches for the um, length of your barrel, which gives you more distance, um, there's a little tiny peep sight that's a little circle on the front aperture of your rifle. So you put the black dot target inside of that peep sight, and it gives you a circle and a circle, and then your rear sight is a circle also. So you have three circles to line up, and when those are all lined up, you let it go. You send it. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, when you come back here. We're just on the, on the end of a break. So I want to talk about why you have a 34-inch barrel in the 308, because that's interesting for your sight plane. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, 
and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, you know, every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights that are afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Now, my faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, well, shame on you. Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Now, after you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one that's going to teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitudes essential to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. For more information about the certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211. Visit their website, bullseyesport.com, for a schedule of classes because of Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo, they believe in safety first. Again, Vince is doing a series of seminars the entire month of August. Check out his website, bullseyesport.com. Check out his website for the schedule. I'll be teaching one on two of them, actually, on August 10th. An intro to long-range shooting and an intro to big-game hunting. Uh, in the morning will be the long-range shooting, and the afternoon will be big-game hunting. And that's only going to be on August 10th. So there's a couple of other ones. We're going to have a shotgun trap shooter. We're going to have a quail hunter, Jim Matthews. We're going to have um, first aid. Have a guy out there to show you what happens when things go bad. So that's is going to be essential. Check him out at bullseyesport.com. Folks, joining me back on the show, I have Paul Phillips, the reigning king of two miles. We're going to get into that in just a second here. And Mitch Fitzpatrick. Uh, Mitch Fitzpatrick, who is a former king of two miles, but always a excellent competitor in this competition. And uh, we just were talking about how these guys got into shooting some of the different styles for long range. There's a course called Palma, not a course, but a style of shooting called Palma. It's basically a 308, almost service rifle style is the way it's meant to be. You have restrictions on 
the bullet you can shoot, uh, 155 grain is the heaviest, and I think Sierra actually makes a bullet called the Palma <laughs> yeah, just for that at 155. Um, has to be iron sights. And Paul was just talking about the way you work iron sights at distance. See, if you go grab your 3030 and it's got a blade in the front and a, a typical notch sight in the back like your pistol would have, and you try and shoot at a couple of hundred yards, you'll realize that the back, the back notched blade is going to cover the entire target area. And you won't see anything because the dot on your front side is going to cover the entire thing you're trying to hit at. So shooting a distance with iron sights with your typical off the shore sight system is, it, it's like, I don't know, you're just throwing lead down range. Um, you can hit things, but it's more often than not, you're lucky to be in the same zip code. But the sighting plane that you talked about here, Paul, is you have a 34 inch barrel on a 308. And the reason that stands out in my mind, folks, is 34 inches. You don't need that long of a barrel to burn enough powder to efficiently use all of the powder inside of a 308 cartridge. But you're using that longer barrel for a more precise sighting plane. Isn't that correct, Paul? Yeah. Most of the guys use, you know, when I shot back in the day, they shot between 30 and 34. And then if you're underweight, they, some of the guys, they, what's called a bloop tube, they put the tube extended it farther and they mounted the sight on that. It just gives you a longer sight radius and it lets you make more incremental changes. And so the longer the sight radius, the more precise it can be. That's the theory, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and you know, you'll see this in some pistol competitions where somebody will have a blade that sticks over the barrel on their forty-five, another two or three inches uh, for bullseye competition just to try and increasing, increase that sight radius as far as they can get it for more precision shooting, right? Correct. Yep. yep. All right, guys. So I now, wanted to let you know, too, just I want to interject here real quick, just so the listeners can know, when Mitch was talking about F-Class, our, our bullseyes, our X-rings, five inches at a 1,000. So a lot of people don't realize how small that is, a five-inch circle for 20 shots in a row at a 1,000 yards. That's, that's very small. And then the bullseye for the Palma is a 10-inch circle at 1,000 yards. But it's also iron and, sights. Uh, also iron sights. And I'll tell you a quick little story here. People say, well, how can you shoot that far iron sights? Well, in 97, I made a lead strip shoot-off. Basically, the, the, the best shooter in each relay go to the shoot-off. So they have the same conditions. And I actually had a better score with my iron sight on the same rifle I had iron sights, and I, I beat my score with the with the with the rifle scope. So sometimes you can actually have a better score with iron sights than you can with your optics. Well, you can. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people, you know, they they look at that and they they just they have no idea. But yeah, there there are some individuals that that do very well with iron sights, and sometimes better than with a scope. Right, and again, it comes down to. Uh, the fact that you guys are, you know, well, you were trained through the military, but, you know, you've got 18 years of shooting long-range precision rifle, not to mention the other 20, 10 years prior to that of shooting the match in the Palma style. So the trigger skill sure. set that you bring, it's not like you just went down and got a Ruger precision rifle and all of a sudden, you know, you could shoot a quarter-inch group at 1,000 sure. yards in high wind downhill um, with incoming fire, right? I mean, you have to, be a, you have to be a radio host to, get, to pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. And you know, and what's nice about the 308 bullet is, you know, we've shot that bullet 
I shot that bullet for so many years that literally when I look downrange, I, I can put a number on the wind, you know, just because I've shot so many years of watching the mirage and wind for that bullet. Now when we step into the EOR bullets, well, it's a learning curve because you, you have to learn those new, bigger cartridges. You know, that's very interesting because the 308, there's so much published data. And even the 6.5 Creedmoor now, so many people have been publishing data on it that, you know, it's not like load development like this. We'll get into this 375 uh, um, that that uh, Mitch came up with. You know, the load development on that is dramatic. You figure out which powder and so forth. But everybody else has done the work on these others. It's almost a plug and play. And with 20 years of shooting the same cartridge, yeah, you know. With a 10-mile-an-hour, 45-angle wind, I have to hold seven inches left. You know, it's, you've done that before. Been there, done that. Yeah, it becomes, you know, it becomes, there's a lot of different styles of wind reading. You know, people that do charts and read, the, you know, get, get a mile per hour and put a number on it. For me, with a 308, it's just visual. I mean, I can look at the Mirage and I can just put a number on it. You know, you're doing enough, you know. And I think that's the key, you know. I mean, Mitch made a comment on the blog not too long ago is, you know, get one rifle, get one bullet, and learn it very well, and, and, and learn it. I mean, that's the whole part of it is learning the, the wind, learning the ballistics, and once you become familiar with that, then that's when you start winning matches. Yeah, but you're absolutely right on that. One of, one of my many issues is I, I like to shoot too many different rifles. They're all close, but they're not all the same, and knowing that one rifle, that one cartridge, that one setup, you're, you're far better off if you're just going to shoot that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Hey, t- Mitch, tell me a little bit about this bullet, uh, uh, the cartridge, excuse me, the cartridge you decided to come up with for ELR. Um, so, yeah, so uh, we're actually on uh, another set of cartridges now. The, the one that Paul referred to, the 375 Lethal Mag, that was the one we developed in uh, back in 2016, um, and it was, you know, a really large uh cartridge in 375 uh h2o capacity on that was uh, 190 grains and uh the whole idea was to shoot very high bc copper solid bullets in 375 caliber at really high velocities uh, and that was right on the same time when we started doing the development on the burger solid bullets and so um, between Brian's designs in the bullet realm uh, that we were making and prototyping and what I was doing on the cartridge side um, we were starting to reach some performances that were just mind-boggling. I mean, we were shooting um, 400. The early prototypes for the bullets were like 409-grain bullets, and uh, they had a G7 BC of like 0.56, so just astronomically high BC, and we were launching them at nearly 3,200 feet per second. And so uh, in 2016, at the King of Two Miles, I was shooting – yeah, I think at the the farthest target that year was like 3,300 yards or right about there. And I only needed like 110 MOA of um, elevation. So I was like still within the adjustment range on my Night Force uh, attacker. So that was pretty crazy. But now um, coming from last year and into this year, we've actually developed a new cartridge called the 375 Enabler. Uh, and that's been part of our ESO contract uh, work that we've been doing. And it's a much smaller cartridge designed more for consistency than sheer performance. And it actually was designed for um, specifically for magazine feeding um, for military applications. What's the, what's the overall length on that? The the new one? Yeah. 
it's uh well so the, the magazines we use for that the max is 4.625 um so you know just under five inches just over four and a half inches so, um, so is this, it's for a shy tack length action, right? So you're using like a tack three three or tack four hundred eight uh, uh, action kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep, that's a, a really good one for this. Um, we're running the the Kdex defense magazines for it, okay. um, and because that's you know when we were you know when you want to talk about cartridge development, you know what we're gonna have I, to hold we're gonna have to hold to our next our next section here. Sorry about that. We'll pick it up right there. Though, okay. I do promise, folks. Philip Damon, Firing Light Radio. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn. Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hello, folks. Mulan Lave Saturday. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. You're on with Mitch Fitzpatrick from Applied Ballistics. Mitch, what's their, their website there? Uh, the uh, the main website is applied ballist uh, com. There you go. And Paul Phillips. Paul Phillips, the reigning king of two miles. Uh, Paul, what is your company's website? It's global precision group com. Global precision group com. Okay, as we went off the air that last session there, we are talking about cartridge development. And this is the thing. When it snows 18 feet at a time in Michigan, these guys sit at home and think this stuff up. And I am, we are all the better off because of it. So in Southern California, we're scatterbrained. It's like, you know, you're, you're focused on one thing because you can't go outside. And, hey, we're, <laughs> we're scatterbrained out here doing everything else. So this cartridge development. Now, um, the, one of the... One of the restraining factors on cartridge development is the diameter of the cartridge because it takes such a much larger action to be able to control the pressures on that and some of the specific mechanics that are involved in there. So you're starting with one of the larger actions available, something like a Stiller TAC 408, which is built for like the 408 Shea TAC, which is a monster cartridge, just a hair under a 50 BMG. But you didn't go with that cartridge. You did something different, right, Mitch? Yeah, and and so the reason is again, you look at the application. Uh, this development really came about because of our ESO contract, and we needed the performance in a magazine-fed weapon system. So, with the 375 Shytac, which was our initial what we went to, and like, okay, this is what we're going to test. This is what we're thinking about using for this application. 
And what we found is with the actions in the magazines that existed for um, that size cartridge, that class weapon system, we couldn't use our very, our really high performance bullets, you know, our 407 grain uh, solid copper bullets and be able to magazine feed them because the loaded round would end up being uh, too long. So we needed a shorter cartridge, but we didn't want to give up a lot of uh, velocity uh, or really any at all. Or seat the bullet so into, you don't we, want to seat the bullet into powder capacity either. Yeah, and not not just that, but you actually, I mean, you start looking at how long the ogive is on a lot of these bullets are shooting, and plus the bore rider design, I mean, there just simply wasn't room. Like, we, you know, we could seat them in a little bit further, but, you know, the throat in the rifle is already only, uh, like, 100,000, 130,000, so we, there wasn't a much, much room to work with there anyway. Mm-hmm. So we shortened it up, and uh, I think we're, the, the length is, like, 2.77 um, on the, the case, and so it's, it's actually pretty close to a, a Lapua length, but it's a little bit larger than the Shytac diameter-wise. Uh, we opened it up to about uh, the, the brass measure 655, uh, but we maintained the Shytac rim diameter um, so you didn't have to modify the action. And this allowed us to, we only gave, we only ended up giving up a couple of grains H2O capacity to the Shytac, uh, but we were able to get it into a shorter package that would magazine feed these really high-performance projectiles. What's the diameter on that? On the case? Yeah. Uh, it's about, uh, it, well, the chamber is .659. Like, the, you know, a brand-new case is like 655. And so a 300 wind mag is like, a, what, a 460 or something? No, 543 or something? So you're talking about yeah. a, a huge difference. Um, whenever you increase the diameter of something, the amount of capacity, it's not like you're adding a quarter inch to it. And there's a quarter inch of capacity. When you increase the diameter, it's, it's, and, and I'm talking to guys who do this math for a living. So let should let you explain it, but it's, it's mo bigger. It goes, it goes mo bigger, mo faster when you increase the diameter, right? Yeah. You get a lot more uh, cross section, you know, your cross sectional area really goes up. All right, so the case length. So you're at 2.77 inches for your case length. Now a 375 H&H is 2.85, right? And I think a 300 Win Mag is like a 2.6. So your your case length is shorter than a 375 H&H Magnum, but you're much larger in diameter getting that performance out that way. Tell me about the bullet that you're shooting. So the, the bullets that we're shooting in the 375 are the solid projectiles that uh, Brian and myself and the rest of us at AB have developed for uh, burger bullets. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of testing on these for the last few years, um, trying to get the design where we wanted to, to really match our, our uh, expectations for consistency uh, as well as, you know, high BC. And um, they're a solid copper design. Uh, they're, you know, pretty radical in their geometry um, and we, we learned a lot about solid bullet design and how to get consistent BCs, um, how to shoot good groups, and just overall get a very high-performance bullet. I mean, it was, it, was simp- it was not easy. We thought it was going to be pretty easy starting out because we're like, we know what geometry gives us a high BC, and we tried that, and it did. problem was the consistency wasn't there, and we spent three years learning all the nuances of the geometry and the design yeah. to 
um, really pin down the consistency side of it. Now, isn't it isn't it true? I've heard this several times, but when a bullet's coming out of, of supersonic flight into the transonic, some of the higher BC um, long ogive stuff tends to become less stable as it breaks back through the sonic barrier. Is that correct? Yeah, that's pretty typical. That's that ends up being a function of uh, stability. So uh, it could also be partly in the design. There's some design characteristics as well, but it's typically a stability problem because with a long, a long projectile, which is typically associated with a high BC, you you have to spin it faster and faster to maintain stability. Because what happens is your center of pressure and your center of gravity. Uh, the distance between those two is greater on a longer bullet that has a higher BC. And so your overturning moment is now, it takes less, I should say it takes less force to essentially make the bullet tumble. Right. And so when that happens, when you go through transonic and all the, the issues and what the bullet encounters at that point, the reason it's going to tumble is because it's less stable yeah, than a shorter, more conservative design. Tripping, tripping over an anthill. Paul, let's run into you here now. Let's sure. talk. Let's talk about how. Give me the rundown on the competition this year, King of Two Miles. Just tell us all about it. Okay, there was uh, eighty shooters, and they did a selection this year. They had over, I think they had close to one hundred and eighty applicants within like one day. And they had to go through and they had to look at um, your um, shooting experience at other matches, at other smaller matches and whatnot to kind of come up with some type of system to select people for this match because they can only take 80 people. I think next year it's going to be 100 people, but it's growing every year. Right. And we're going to try to find a way to shoot more shooters. But So there's 80 shooters. Um, we had... Um, Several teams, it's a three-man team, but then some teams have more than three people, but they all shoot for a camp, uh, like the AB camp. I think they have four or five, and then the manners camp, and then the cutting-edge bullets camp. So you have all these different teams that bring their shooters, and, and it's a lot of fun. Um, as far as the cartridges go, you get anything from a three thirty-eight Lapua, um, AB's new round, the, three, the thirty-three enabler, the three seventy-five enabler. The 375 Shytac, the 375 Shytac Improved, the 408 Shytac, the 416 Barrett, the 416 Barrett Improved, and the 50. Uh, I believe there's also a 33 XC in there. That's a Dave Tubbs round, and then his 37 XC. So there's a lot of different people playing game with different cartridges and different bullets, and it's fun to see where all this goes. Some of them are playing different games, just like uh, the AB team. You know, they're doing this ESO project for the military, so their focus is more on magazine-fed, lighter uh, rifles to be implemented by the military. My team, Team World Precision, myself, Derek, and Mark, you know, we stuck right underneath a limit of 40 pounds or 45 pounds, and we're shooting 416 bolt-action hot rods. So it's basically essentially the same as our U.S. rifle team rifle, the 308 for FTR, except for it's on steroids. It's a big old McMillan B stock, big old bull uh, barrel, uh, big old huge 50 caliber bat action, which helps with pressures. You know, when we're shooting the Barrett 416 round with big old 550 green cutting edge bullets. So we're taking a little bit different approach, but that's kind of the, 
gist of what's happening in King of Two Mile. Now, you got a nice $5,000 check there from Kelly McMillan this year because you won the King of Two Miles shooting the McMillan uh, B stock, right? I did, yeah. And then to top it off, I'm also shooting a Night Force scope, and they gave me another 5000 And then Cutting Edge Bullets gave another, I think, twelve or $1,400 for using Cutting Edge Bullets. So that's really nice for those sponsors to step up and to uh, include those cash prizes it really makes it nice yeah it's awesome the cutting edge bullets has been a long time sponsor of the show and as has kelly mcmillan so you know we use i use them exclusively on on all my stuff that whenever chance i can so no it's awesome awesome and uh we're gonna have to come back and finish this long range shooting right after this if you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit you need protection beyond the weapon My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. And to win the King of Two Miles. Paul Phillips is our current King of Two Miles winner here, folks. Uh, and I have Mitch Fitzpatrick, a former winner. These guys are top-end competitors nationwide, and they're joining us here to give us a little bit of rundown about extended range, long-range shooting, or ELR, which is basically if if you <laughs> if you have to drive to your target, that's what we're talking about, okay? Um, Paul, let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about the King of Two Miles. You just were saying that your your gun, you're shooting a 416 Barrett, I believe you said, the cutting edge 550 grain lasers, and uh, the Macmillan B stock. What kind of performance are you getting out of this? Or how, you know, just tell somebody, what is the setup like to get ready to shoot sure. two, three miles? Yeah, so, well, there's a difference between King of Two Miles and then the exhibition shooting we're doing. It takes different sites and stuff that we add on. But if we're doing the King of Two Mile, we have enough elevation within our Night Force ATAC-R scopes that we can reach the two-mile plate without any assistance of any um, accessories. If we're doing an exhibition shoot out to three, four miles, then we need to put on the TACOM Charlie and Delta unit. And if people don't know what that is, basically it's just like a prism, and it allows you to uh, adjust for elevation. It gives you more elevation where you look. And then the Delta is just a thing that offsets your view so that you're along the edge of the barrel because if you're shooting that far distances that your barrel is elevated and it actually comes in the way of your scope so those yeah. are the two different setups as far as shooting but um yeah we don't we don't need any assistance um out to two miles in raton because uh, usually the station pressure uh is low enough to where you know elevations are right around 125 to 130 minutes of angle 
Right. And what's the elevation at Raton? Uh, I believe it's around, what is it, Mitch, like six, 7,000? Okay. Like that? Yeah, it's it's actually, it's definitely over 7,000 there at the range. I think, okay. you know, some of the targets are shooting up at are between 7,500 and 8,000. So that's, that's yeah. a big difference there, folks. If you're out, out here shooting at West End Gun Club or someplace, Lytle Creek, at an elevation of 1,500 feet, you'll actually get more bang for your buck at that elevation. There's just less drag on your bullets with their less air density at those elevations. And that's what they're talking about here. Okay. So you've, you're dialing in, um, a lot of people I think have a misnomer. I mean, to me, extended long range shooting is a precision, difficult thing to do because a lot of stuff goes wrong. You can't just run down and grab a, I mean, you can shoot at stuff. You can grab a scope and a box of ammo and a gun off the shelf and say, okay, I'm going to start shooting 1500 yard one shot first round hits. Mm-hmm. When right. I looked at the scorecard, I mean, like you said, this is eight, these are 80 of the best shooters in the United States. Not that many people had cold bore hits. It's uh, you mean it's that's the first cold bore shot you mean? Yeah. The first cold bore shot. Yeah. It, it's yeah. difficult. I mean, we spend probably four to six hours the day before and before the match just getting all our environmentals. I, I, I use, I use AB analytics and I also use AB Castro mm-hmm. and our team does. And we, we spend hours um, going through all the ballistics and data and environmentals. And then before we shoot, we do the same thing again. So it takes a lot of homework to get those cold bore shots. Um, when we, we went out for a, our team came out to return for the mile and a half match. And we just want to get a practice in to check our ballistics and whatnot, and every single person on my team hit the cold bore shot. So we were pretty much dialed in, but, you know, the environment always changes. The environment always changes, and there's always things going on. So you have, it's all fluid, and you have, to, if you, have to stay, if you have to stay on it for sure to be, to be good. Well, if you're out there, at eight, if the first shooter's off at 8 o'clock and your time is 1130, you have a whole different time, a whole different metrics going on the winds change it was going down canyon now it's coming up canyon mm-hmm. you know you have mirage you didn't have mirage so you know those different things come into play and that's why you know if you look at the best shooters in the world 80 of the best shooters and how many actually had a first round hit at 15 or 1800 yards whatever that first target was which is a long poke it's mm-hmm. you know it wasn't wasn't 80 percent of them i don't even think it was 60 percent of them. yeah there was quite a few that yeah and these are the great shooters so i i just want to stress to people that this is this is a discipline that gear right. and to go ahead i'd like to add to what paul was saying to um i think there was actually i think it was six people there were six of us that hit that target out of 80 some shooters that's a 15 inch circle at 1500 yards. So it's just, it's, you know, 0.98 or it's, it's actually just under one MLA. And, um, I was one of the guys that hit that target, but, and I think with, with EOR, one of the big differences that, you know, a lot of people really have to take into this if they're considering wanting to get into it or even to make them better shooters up close is the amount of care and prep that goes into setting up your equipment and your system. So Paul's talking about the, the AB analytics and the AB Kestrel. Uh, I personally was using the, the Kestrel for my ballistic device. I spend a lot of time with that thing, uh, making sure all of my inputs and data in that are exact. And, you know, right down to muzzle velocity, I track my muzzle velocity every time I go out and I log all of that data into a spreadsheet. 
and I track it. I, wa- I watch for trends. I'm looking at the velocity spreads. I know that thing inside and out to where when I walk to the line, I know what my velocity is within a foot per second, essentially. Um, and, you know, all the testing that goes into your, your scope, your shooting groups, shooting groups at distance, all of that stuff times 10 is what it really takes to be a, to consistently hit cold bore shots at distances like that. A lot of guys um, may or may not put that time in, and you know, after their first shot, now they have information to correct off of, and that's a that's a that's a very different thing than making that first cold bore shot. Right. I mean, putting a putting steel up at a mile and and hitting it on your thirty third shot doesn't mean you, you know, that's fun, right? Who knew a thirty thirty could get out there that far, right? But <laughs> it's that's fun, but it's it's a whole different thing from from this competition level, this level of expertise that you guys have, and and the precision. You know, it's a science, and and that's what I love about AB uh, Applied Ballistics and uh, Paul, his group too, Global Precision. You know, you guys have taken it to the next level, being able to perform in this manner. So, Paul, tell us more. We got three minutes here. Just finish off the uh, Kenya sure. two mile for me. Um, so, you know, we have two days of qualifying, so you know, everybody will have a chance to take one day and they'll qualify from plates from 1,500 yards out to, I think it was like 20, 20, or 2,000, right around 2,000, I guess, 2,200, 20, something like that. I don't have my notes in front of me, but anyway, from 1,500 to 2,200, you have a chance to shoot plates, and then what they do is they assign point values if you shoot the plate and you hit it your first shot, it's going to give you a higher value. And then as you go to plates that are farther in range, it gives you a higher value. So at the end of the 80 shooters qualifying, they take the top 16, and then those top 16 shoot the third day in the finals. And then in the finals, they move the targets out farther. They go from 2,700 to 3,500 yards. This year, we only had nobody hit the two-mile plate. Uh, the conditions were, you know, the, the 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 speed of the wind was not that bad. It was just the mirage and, and the, we had kind of a tailwind going up the hill, just some kind of weird things going on. Um, but uh, I think me and Mitch hit the second plate, which is 3166. There might one or two others that hit the second plate. Um, then it just came down to basically accumulation of points. Um, one of my one of our team guys, we missed the two mile plate by like 12 inches to the left and 12 inches to the right. We didn't hit it, but very close. But, you know, unless you hit the plate, it doesn't count. So um, that's pretty much it. You know, it was a great time, uh, very well ran. Every year that, that uh, Eduardo is the match director, every year that he runs King of Two Mile, he makes improvements and it gets better, and there's more people. And, uh, you know, it's a challenge, you know, to see how well your team can work together and how well your rifle can perform. So uh, on the last minute here, what would be a good starter kit for people interested in shooting 1,500 yards at 2,000 yards? Well, it'd have to be the AB gun, right? <laughs> um, honestly, <laughs> well, you know, there's yeah. a lot of great. <laughs> there's a lot of great guns yeah, out there, you know. Um, go ahead, Mitch. You can, you can talk. Yeah, uh, you know we we sell um, some high end rifle systems that are pretty high end. I mean, for guys, what you would consider a, a beginner setup. Um, nothing in particular. The big thing is I would just say get a rifle that you can shoot very precise, something, you know, in the 300 Magnum, 300 PRC, 300 Norma range. Uh, get a really good scope. You know, we, we run night force scopes just because they are bulletproof and the tracking is always spot on. And then, 
you know, get the, the software and really just start tracking your data and learn, like making sure that that, um, that your solution is spot on and learning how to really fully use that, that software. Because, um, you know, if we're talking about that cold bore hit and that's your goal, uh, that's where, that's where your bread and butter is going to be is you need to, um, as long as you're shooting good groups and you're getting consistent velocities out of your load, knowing exactly what that velocity is and knowing how to use it in the solver, that's how you make that happen. Folks, I want to thank my special guests. I have Mitch Fitzpatrick and Paul Phillips here, uh, former and reigning king of two miles. Guys, thank you for all you do. And uh, remember, sign up for our podcast, firinglineradio.com. Shoot, Felipe! Shoot! When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.